I'm Jess McCauley, and I'm a theater maker, and I am also an introvert. I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I am also an introvert, and this is The Introvert's Guide to... On The Introvert's Guide to, we talk about the introvert life and how to live it to the fullest. We'll choose a topic and discuss it, as well as try to find other helpful hints on social media and on the internet at large. If you want to drop us a line, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at introvertguide2, the number two, and you can find the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you want to send us a message, you can do that through the website, or you can email us at introvertsguidetostuff at gmail.com. And remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of The Introvert's Guide 2. And if you like the podcast and you listen on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a comment and a five-star rating. Your comments and ratings help new people to find this show. But even better... Whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you think you know someone that might like The Introvert's Guide too, tell them about it. Some of our favorite podcasts became our favorites because someone we know told us about them. Jess, do you ever overthink things? Do you know how sometimes I'll do the pause and then do the no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, no, there's no denying this one. I absolutely overthink <laughs> everything. I can't even joke about it. No, not I'm really. I'm so brutal. Yeah. Like it used to get to a point where it was if someone sent me a text message and they did the dot, dot, dot when replying, that would throw me right over the edge. I just, I can't handle that. That's like, I, my mind goes into overdrive. I hate, you'll be like somebody says, hello, period. And you're like, what does that mean? What does the period mean? Why would you, why would you just put a period at the end of hello? Are you mad at me? But why would you though? <laughs> <laughs> like just to give context of how much I've grown as a human being, <laughs> you sent me a text today that said yay, but that was it. Just just Y A Y. That was it. No exclamation, no period, nothing. And I went, Jess, I'm gonna need you to take a deep breath. This is <laughs> this is Phil we're talking about. This isn't a stranger. Like you're everything's good. <laughs> I feel like yay speaks for itself that at times an exclamation point for yay is not is not needed. If I was being sarcastic, if I was being sarcastic, I might say yay, period. And that would be yay. That is such a Dwight Schrute answer. Like <laughs> it is your birthday. It's a statement. No, but I, I totally get that. And, you know, of course, we've, we've talked in the past about how the phrase we need to talk followed by nothing else will send send you, send us into a tailspin of like, what could it possibly be? And you get home and, and they're like, I just need you to get some carrots when you go to the grocery shop. And you're like, I've been thinking for hours. <laughs> this was a conversation. <laughs> this, this couldn't have been an email. What? <laughs> Yes, yes. Have you guys I know that I I have like all of a sudden at night 
I will remember a conversation that I had, I don't know, 10 years ago, let's say, where maybe I was socially awkward or I said something kind of dumb and suddenly I'll be like, oh my God, I was a fucking idiot. Will I be able to put that out of my head? No, I will just keep running that scene over and over and over. It's like you you put your phone down while you're watching a TikTok and it just goes back to the beginning and then it keeps going through and then it goes back to the beginning, it just loops through. And man, that shit drives me crazy. Oh, I know. And like you, you think about, you try to rehearse other things that you could have said instead because you're so guilty about what you've done and yeah. just the social implications of that you just put onto yourself. And it's like, this is so unnecessary. I'm rehearsing something that never happened. Maybe, maybe I can just message them tomorrow. Is that weird? And I, there's just too many things to do and you just end up coming out looking more awkward than ever. <laughs> can I tell you a story? Here's a story of course. about a time when I did something kind of dumb. And then years later, I just, it came into my head and I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was in high school and I was, you know, I was me. I was a little bit more awkward. I mean, it's high school. I was a little bit, I was a bit younger, dumber, still just awkward and, 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 and kind of weird and, and insecure. Mm. And I was walking through the cafeteria and this girl came up and I, you know, we'd been in school for a while. She came up to me and said, hey, Phil, you, I know that you mentioned that you wanted to see the film Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. This was a long time ago. This is that movie had just come out. I'm an old man. Let's pass that fact by. <laughs> and she said that I, 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 you know, she heard me talking about that. And she said, you know, do you want to go and see that? Like we could go to the movies. And I said, no, I'm sure I'll see it sometime. And she was like, no, but we could go like I, we could go together. And I was like, ah, I'm just like, I can't really afford it right now. And she was like, no, but like, I could, I could like buy the tickets. And I was like, I was like, that's great. But I, I, I just don't think I can. And then I walk away and it isn't until years later that grown up Phil remembers this fact and suddenly goes, holy shit. She was trying to ask me out. You dumb idiot. <laughs> I'm just sitting here shaking my head the whole time. Oh my gosh. See you with your hand, your head in your hands being like, Phil, why are you being so dumb? I asked oh. myself that I, for, for ages, I was like, why was I so dumb? It's so obvious, but I was too dumb. Like I, Phil, come on, man. That girl's traumatized. <laughs> gave her a complex i know i know and i was like oh my god what an asshole i was but i was an oblivious asshole it wasn't like i was doing it on purpose i was just too dumb but i like i remember when when i first remembered this in my i guess i was like it really popped into my head around 27 28 and i was like holy shit and I started to really get into like this loop. And I would remember that conversation like looping around and I couldn't stop thinking about it and couldn't stop thinking about how, oh my God, what an idiot. Like <laughs> all of the, all of the, like remember, no, this was obvious. This was obvious. And you did not, she was putting down things on the floor in front of you and you were too dumb to pick them up. And like, I just couldn't stop thinking about that scene for a long time. And I just eventually had to, like, eventually it just sort of passed out of my brain, but occasionally it would come up again for a couple of years after that. 
Oh, yeah, I bet. And I have to wonder, did you see her again at school? Did you no. talk to her? I have follow up well, questions. The thing is that, that I did. Because we were, it was a, it was a, it was a small school, but I hadn't realized yet that she had been trying to act, ask me out. So I was just like, that was a weird interaction, but, but, but like, whatever, <laughs> like I was like, literally, I was so stupid. I was so sheltered and stupid oh. and, and, and I just didn't see what was happening. And so I didn't start to regret it until, <laughs> until like almost like nearly 10 years after high school, when I realized, oh, shit. You know, I'm going to jump to the end of our podcast. Folks, let's just say what we mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's... but like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, first off, kudos to her. She kept plowing through and trying to get me to understand what she was saying. And I was just not seeing it. And that's just a fact of the thing that happened. She was saying what she meant and it was high school. So in high school, like say what you mean is sometimes not so easy. If we recall, mm -hmm. if I think back to high school, there's so many quote unquote rules and things that you can and cannot do and all of this sort of stuff. She was putting herself out there to ask me out, which in the eighties was a very rare thing. And I, did not get it. Oof. Yeah, she woke right? up that morning and was she read her horoscope and it was like you're going to try something really different and new. And she's like, "Yeah. That's it. I'm going to go to that guy Phil. I have loved him for years and Stop. it is time for him to know." Stop. <laughs> uh, and the thing is that where the overthinking comes in is that it was years <laughs> later. And it was yeah. one of those like, you know, you just like you get into bed and you're like under the covers and you're just starting to doze off. And then all of a sudden you're like, she was trying to ask me out. <laughs> and like, I just imagine though, like I hate, I hate to say it. No, I don't hate to say it. It's great. I'm just imagining you're like, you're at one of your LARPing events and like, she sees you, she's there and she's like, there's Phil. And she has a flashback of everything that happens. And she never mm -hmm. went to LARP again. She <laughs> well, I will tell you, she never went to LARP. She, oh, okay. she never, she never did that. This was long before LARP, and I think that if I had seen her, I would have been mortified. Anyway, but <laughs> yes. like, yes, and overthinking is like I was stuck in that thought and replaying that for a while mm -hmm. after that, and that is that is that can be an unhealthy thing when you get caught in that. Because you're, you're, you know, as introverts, we do need to recharge by ourselves. We do have a hard time pulling ourselves out of our own self-made isolation. So it's harder to pull ourselves out of the tracks when we start overthinking then in that case. Yeah. Because how do we reach out to folks and tell them, you know, be, be vulnerable in that way? Because I have a hard time. I feel really weird about it talking about, well, here's what I'm thinking. X, Y, and Z could happen. Here's all the implications that go with it. And then you sometimes can see people's eyes glaze over as they're <laughs> looking at you knowing you're overthinking this a little bit because that's just not correct. <laughs> you know, there's because there's two kinds of overthinking, right? It's like you can overthink something when it's when you remember it and then you get stuck in that loop. You can mm -hmm. overthink things that are coming up. You can overthink possibilities. You can even get stuck in what ifs, right? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have Galadriel from Lord of the Rings coming into my head, like things that were. (laughs) (laughs) Things that have yet to come. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no. And so it can be rough, especially when it's it's stuff that, oh, like a what if overthink when it's like a thing like that you're not even in the situation yet. Yeah. If you get stuck in a in a what if loop, that can be super debilitating as far as like just getting stuck and almost anxious. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I it doesn't help too that before the overthinking even happens or we're we're not in a situation where we're necessarily feeling anxious when we we remind ourselves, we're like, okay, mental note. When I know I'm overthinking, I should say to myself to stop doing that. When that train is going, you're not, it feels so hard to stop yourself in the moment. I, that's, I, the, that's the thing is that you get caught in it and, and you don't really have the presence of mind to say, I'm caught in an overthinking loop. Because you think to, you are thinking that you're being rational and, and you think that you're really just trying to weigh out the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times when you do try to try to narrow in exactly what it is that you're trying to decipher, it's, it's not until it's too late. Yeah, <laughs> It's not yeah. until it's too late. Mm-hmm. We've thought about too much that now we're having a hard time really trying to get ourselves out of the mess because we've included you know, in a lot of the ways for me, I know I've included nonsense. <laughs> I've included things that are just not rational into the conversation. I don't know about you, but for me, yep, I'll I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Is there is there a time that you can think of when you were caught in an overthinking loop? Yeah, I missed an audition. <laughs> I I it was a long time ago. It was back at school, and we. Back at theater school, you actually had to apply for each year's performance class. So you have to you have to show up and say, I'm applying and do your monologue, do whatever it is that you got to do. The way that we did it is you were applying for the next year, but you were also applying for next year's main stage. So yeah, it was, it was a scary thing to, very intimidating. And I was already, I was already very much set that I was going to do a performance concentration with a mixture of stagecraft, but I didn't know if I wanted to dedicate the time toward a main stage as well. So as I was trying to think about this and trying to navigate what exactly the pros and cons were, I started wondering to myself, you know... I think, I don't think I have to audition. Do I have to audition? I didn't reach out to anybody or any of my professors. What I didn't realize is, is that this overthinking had carried on for a couple of days now over my scheduled time of my audition to get into next year's class. And it wasn't until I got a phone call from a professor saying, hey, your audition was about a half hour ago. You were the last group. No. Um, Yep. And then that's when I went, mother of F, and I had to book it over there. Needless to say, I didn't get to be into the main stage because they needed to see me in a group setting. But I did get into next year's performance class. So that was at least a bonus. <laughs> what was it that you were that you were like when you were overthinking? What what were you stuck in? What Was there a particular thought that you were stuck in? Or like, was it a was what was that loop for? It was, 
I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I think I was overthinking a self-esteem issue of, am I good enough yet to even want to get into the main stage? But I'm going to be auditioning anyway, so I should probably just do it. But do I make it clear to them that I don't think I'm ready? And then it was mixing into, again, is this really worth it for the curriculum that I'm going for? Am I really getting everything out of it? Well, I'm not really applying myself. And it would go back and forth, ping-ponging, and eventually going like, yep, but you're still not good enough to get into that main stage. And then mm. it was... It, I. It, I have a tendency to bring self-esteem into overthinking, which I think a lot of us do. Sure. We wonder if we're good enough to do something and we miss the opportunity, right? So, yeah, I think mine was just a combination of trying to be practical, but then also a, are you good enough? And turns out I was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I I fell into a lot of that some similar thinking after theater school once I got out into the mm -hmm. world and I would go out and I would I would go and I would I would go back in the day when we had to go in person and we'd go down to the Theater Ontario office to look at the board and we would go down to the office and we would look at the board to see what auditions were coming up and I would write down a bunch that I was that I was going to going to go to and I would look at like who it is and then I would go home and I'd look at them and I'd be like I don't know. I don't, do I know anybody in that? Do I, do I want to, and I would th think myself out of even applying for the audition. Yeah. And ultimately I didn't. Oh, it's so many regrets. I mean, the thing is that like, I went, I did go through a period of really regretting that and like regretting mm -hmm. like being like, Oh, that was so dumb. Why did you do that? But what that did teach me, ultimately was how I prefer to work, that I prefer to create and perform, that I don't, mm. that that's like what I really enjoy doing. Yes, it's fine to work on somebody else's stuff, but I really like to create and perform. And if I hadn't gone through all of that, I probably wouldn't have discovered that until like a long time hence. But like <laughs> it's, it's, I would have gone and done what they, they taught me in, in when I was in theater school, just audition, 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 do the things. And I would have been that kind of working actor. But I, I, I feel like I would have missed the drive to create my own stuff. Yeah. Like, I feel like sometimes I feel like some of the things that I did overthink was a sign that I just wasn't absolutely sure about something. Mm. Um. For me, I think it was if I didn't if I didn't show that much interest in something to begin with, I had to really convince myself that mm. led to the overthinking, then something was up. I wasn't really interested to begin with. Of course, mm. I could apply that with a lot of classes that I took. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, here we are. <laughs> that a, science uh, really comes in handy. <laughs> that's a really interesting question. Is in some now in some cases you can't like it isn't the case overthinking is the thing that happens mm -hmm. you can't loop all that sort of thing but an interesting thought is like if you are stuck overthinking and that overthinking is leading to inaction is mm -hmm. that a sign that maybe you're not into the thing that you're overthinking yeah and it's i find that that can be decipherable by a few things and the one thing that i found helpful was if I think I'm, if I'm overthinking whether or not I should do something, I've had to think about, it sounds so redundant when I say that, I had to think about it while I'm overthinking, but I had to ask myself, is it more of the self-esteem issue? Mm -hmm. 
is it is it more of that I think I won't have time I'm giving myself reasons not to do it because if I'm giving myself more reasons not to do something then I know that this is more of a self-esteem issue mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. it is with me really weighing out the practicality of a situation because I do look back at all those auditions I missed and in the field trips even that I missed I mean mm-hmm. like you know given I was a little depressed in at, at Brock but you know I was trying i would say at least in my classes but at the end of the day yeah a lot of that did come to self-esteem and i'm kind of sad because i would have realized it sooner what kind of theater i wanted to make it is the idea of like trying to figure out what is behind the overthinking Mm -hmm. you know is it are you if it's if it's a what if that you're overthinking reframe the question and try to figure out why, like, why are you caught in this thing that hasn't even happened? and isn't even coming up yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if it's a, if it's a situation that's coming up and you're still, you know, you're overthinking it. Is there a reason there? What, what are you afraid of? What is actually going on there? Is it a self-esteem thing? What's happening there? In some ways, I think when you get caught in a, in an overthinking about something in the past, that could also be a self-esteem thing. As you remind mm-hmm. yourself and think about how stupid you were when you didn't know that the girl was <laughs> trying to ask you out or whatever the situation might be. <laughs> like, you get, I know that for me, when I was really caught in that, I was caught in, oh my God, I'm so stupid. I, yeah, because... <laughs> Why does our brain try to guilt us so much? Like, why do we have to feel so guilty about things that are done? They're gone. We're different people. And Mm. it's, I have had to accept the fact that I have made mistakes with the way that maybe I treated school or maybe the way I handled a situation. And I have had to make the mental reminder that the next time that this happens, we are going to try a different approach. We are Mm -hmm. going to say yes. But then again, I'm going to guilt myself if I don't remember that while I'm stuck in that loop. And then we're back in this little cycle that we have here. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, I guess, you know, becomes because you can't really see that you're in the loop when you're in the loop. Right. Mm -hmm. And so how do you, how do we break out of that loop? We don't. Ah, no, no. I know it's the famous, famous. We're trying answer. to find solutions Sorry. here. We're trying to find solutions. Oh, Jess. Oh, Jess. But maybe, I mean, on some level, mm-hmm. we know that there is a thing that is happening in our brains that is causing us some kind of anxiety, or we keep going over that thought, mm-hmm. and it's like we're on a train. And we just need to find some way to to derail that train. If you're thinking about yourself and you're like, you know, I'm not a good, I'm not good enough. I'm a terrible person. I'm stupid or whatever. And a good question to ask. And sometimes it's hard to ask yourself this particular question, but it's, it's, it's a really simple question. It's, is that true? Mm-hmm. Is it really true? Like this story that you're telling yourself, is it true? Or is that just something that your brain is doing? Something when I'm not overthinking helps. Like, oh, sorry, let me 
let me say that again. I remember a time when I wasn't overthinking this thought had come over me, which is I love literature. When you can pick a first person, second, third person narrative. And it's so interesting when an author comes from a first person perspective, because we have to take the narrative with a grain of salt. We have to remember that sometimes the narrator isn't telling the truth or they're remembering it differently. We are the exact same way in the way that we remember those moments where we felt stupid. We, you know, we, we weren't reading a social situation correctly and we said something we shouldn't have and we overthink them. And that can apply in that moment too, when you are overthinking and you're trying to weigh out the pros and cons. So maybe instead of trying to figure out how to halt the train with a tool belt that doesn't exist while you are overthinking, maybe the best thing for our overthinking introverts to do is to take those times when we are not overthinking, find a nice quiet space. Phil and I love good stationery, so I have a nice little bullet journal. And let's make a little flow chart or a, a to-do sheet. When you feel yourself overthinking, maybe we need these tools ready to go at our disposal when it is time when it is time to start thinking about a decision. Hmm. Because hmm. again, we 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 are biased in our own memories. We remember things very differently. It's true. It's true. Sometimes so one of the last times I caught myself in an overthinking loop was as the a milestone birthday was approaching my 50th birthday was approaching and for a few months before that i was kind of freaking out and i don't usually freak out about the milestone birthdays and i was essentially thinking about like oh my god i'm turning 50 i'm an old man and anything interesting I wanted to do in my life is over or whatever. Like I, like there was like all of these negative things like, Oh my God, almost an old man, practically an old man. I am an old man. Like all of this, all of these ridiculous things. And I was dreading the birthday. So what I did was I, 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 I tried to come up with a way that I could trick myself into looking forward to my birthday. And what I had done was I had this plan where I was going to go and I was going to go to London, England for the first time. And I'd never been. And I had this whole thing lined up that I was going to go to London for a week, see all of these sites that I always wanted to see, see a bunch of shows, just walk around the streets of London and really soak it up. Unfortunately, that was going to be happening in April, 2020. So that didn't happen, but just having that to focus on, suddenly took away all of the anxiety and, and thinking that I was having around that birthday. And suddenly it wasn't looming in the same way that it had been. Mm -hmm. That's That's a good way of looking at it. That's nice. Flipping the script on something. Did you, did you have to catch yourself before you started overthinking to remember to flip the script or was it one of those things of you were cut, you, you actually did remember to do this when you were overthinking? So as I was overthinking and I was sort of like thinking really poorly about this birthday and I was thinking about about how how and it was making me so miserable. And I started to think this is I don't usually get this way over birthdays. <laughs> and suddenly I thought I just need something to look forward to. Right. OK. Yeah, that's and that's fair. I mean, that's 
particularly why I took on so many activities during my mat leave. <laughs> I am so scared <laughs> that for mm. a year I'm going to lose, you know, folks, the pandemic has not been fun to your artist friends. We have <laughs> lost so many opportunities. Go check in on your artist friends. But I was so scared I was going to lose yet another year mm. of something. And I think I also had to start saying that I have to, I need something to look forward to. Thankfully, yeah. I, I do have a writing unit to look forward to now, which is great. And I've also got my lovely podcast with you to look forward to. Mm -hmm. So there's things to, to definitely, um, yeah, a little sense of encouragement never hurt anybody. <laughs> I mean, the thing is that like when we're caught in something and like we're feeling like a dread about it. And you know what? Mm -hmm. When it's something like a birthday or a birth. There's no way that you can like you can't stop that train, right? Like mm -hmm. that's like I, my that birthday for me was going to happen. Yep. So it's just a matter of like how can I make it so that I look forward to it? For you in the pregnancy, the birth of your child Ugh. is going to happen and you have time. Mhm. Mm now granted, some of that time is going to be taken up by being exhausted because there's a baby. <laughs> but also you have a partner who will work with you and to make sure that you get the things that you need. See, there was just a moment in my head where you were like the birth, you know, it's going to happen. And all I kept thinking in my head is like, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, oh, it's not. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I know. No. Yes. I know. It's like a month away and I'm just sitting here like listeners. I was telling Phil that my back is just killing me right now. And it's just, it's fun, but it's oh. fun, but that is not what you were saying earlier. There was nothing no. fun about the words that you were using. <laughs> we want to be honest with our listeners. You were not expressing fun to me earlier. No, it's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. I was making dinner and like my back is just starting to go forward and I have to keep stretching backwards. <laughs> I am carrying, a, almost carrying a watermelon. <laughs> I have a bowling ball underneath my shirt. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I would be, a, you know, if we could go places, I genuinely joke to myself of, I wonder if I went to a bowling alley, if they thought I was sneaking a ball in or like. <laughs> I'm pretty, first off, most bowling alleys don't care if you bring your own ball. So you probably don't have to worry about bringing your own, like sneaking it in. But I don't go bowling, Phil. I don't bowl. <laughs> that is a sad reality. And one of these days you have to fix that because bowling is awesome. Are we going bowling? Yes, we're going bowling. And you know, we're not doing that cosmic bowling because cosmic bowling is bullshit. If you're going to bowl, you got to do it under fluorescent lights with old people trying to do the same thing. And people who are like taking it really seriously, not that cosmic bowling thing. You got to do it for real. Are you a good bowler? No, I just really like the sound when it when it when it works. Oh, the little pins, yeah. I just I, I just I like, like it's kind of fun to get together with some friends and like bowl, and then you hit that point where you're really good, but then your arm gets tired, and so you're not good anymore. Yeah, here's my overthinking coming in. I'm that person with the anxiety of like I'm bowling, and I feel like all the eyes are on you because they are. Everyone's watching, but as I'm turning around and walking. That moment, I'm all overthinking. I'm like, what are they thinking about? What you mean? Was that a good you, shot? After you throw it? After I throw it, and you do no, the awkward, see, yeah, and, no, and you do the awkward do. walk back. Don't think of it as the awkward walk back. What you've done 
is you just tossed a bomb down that alley and you're going to turn around and you're going to slow motion walk while the explosion happens behind you because cool guys walk away from explosions. That's what you're going to do. This is a metaphor for the birthing story, isn't it? <laughs> that was unintentional. If you want to take it that way, I was just thinking about bowling, but I love it. I love just it. Remember cool guys walk away from explosions. Absolutely. Okay. Very cool. And I will for now on. <laughs> and I will. There you go. There you go. Shall we go to the internet? Sure. So here's the thing about overthinking is uh, it can be introvert specific. Everybody overthinks. The internet is really good at giving reasons why introverts might overthink. I found a nice little blog post on medium.com about the merits and the demerits of overthinking. And I thought it would be interesting just to give a little bright side here, as well as some things to look out for. So the merits of overthinking, four things. We do not take any decisions blindly. True. We do not trust easily, which I find that can be a pro and a con. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're too... We are too good at introspection, which can you be too good? Yes, 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 yes you, you can. can. You can. <laughs> and observation is our favorite thing to do, which I don't know about every introvert, but it is certainly something we are good at. Yes. Not necessarily yeah. my favorite thing to observe because again, I overthink. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do. Yes, Mr. People Watcher. <laughs> When you say it like that, it sounds creepy. Well, okay. To be fair, we are actors. We should be people watching. (laughs) We should be doing this. So you're doing your job correctly. The demerits of being an overthinker is sometimes it is too difficult to make decisions. And that is very true. Mm -hmm. We tend to miss more opportunities, which we've covered. And we've always occupied always occupied with nonstop thoughts and we are overanalyzing everything. I feel like all of those demerits can be amalgamated into one big Mm -hmm. con, but at least with the pros, there's a whole bunch of little silver linings because with the trusting, you know, we don't trust people too easily. Yes, that can be a con, but already as introverts, we, we pick and choose who we come to and who we choose to be vulnerable with, with our overthinking. Mm -hmm. And I think that got me thinking, not overthinking, but appropriately thinking. (laughs) I pre-pick the people that I need to vent to. And I think it's important that when we overthink and when we find ourselves getting to that place of being caught in a loop, I think that's the moment where we need to turn to our support. Mm -hmm. So if I have any, any arts related quandaries that I have, I know I can turn to my husband. I know I can turn to you. I've got another friend that I can turn to as well. If it's something like I'm, I'm having trouble with a moral issue. I most likely, again, I can go to my husband, of course, but I go to my mom or my sister. You don't have to go to the same person for everything because Mm -hmm. everybody in your life has different skills and then different, different perspectives to offer you. But I think it's important that when we are not caught in an overthinking anxious loop, we find those tools 
to be ready to go at our disposal for when it is time. And that includes the people that we surround ourselves with who can help us out of these things and remind us, is that true what you're saying? Mm -hmm. One thing about, about introspection and introspection can almost be a superpower in this aspect because yes, you know, when we're, when we're stuck in, in a, in a thought loop and it's going and it's going and it's going and we, we can't quite get out of it because we're overthinking whatever it is that we're overthinking. One way to break that might be to do another thing that we enjoy whether it's a video game or if you can find a way to read a book, if there's a movie that gives you comfort, because as soon as you turn your head away from the overthinking, that problem that you are dealing with often because of our the, the way that we're able to, to have introspection will often the subconscious will bubble up and a solution will come to you that that is, mm-hmm. you know, one that, that you hadn't considered years ago when I was. I had the opportunity to take a show that I'd created on tour. This is not the commandment. This is with Keystone Theater. And so this was like another show. And I've been working at a company for five years. And, you know, I came to them and I said, so I want to do this thing. And I just want to take some time off. And ultimately they said, we are not going to give you that time off. And so I had to decide what I was going to do. And I was like stuck between these two things, either I go on the tour and I don't have a job when I get back and who knows what the future holds. And I have to move out of this apartment and I don't, well, you know, all my stuff goes into storage. Hope I can afford this storage and all of this sort of stuff. Or I stay at the job and don't go on tour and I resent it. I resent that job from that moment on. And I couldn't find, I was like trying to find still and I was trying to find quiet. And I did what you did. And I asked my father and my dad said, this is like one of the, this is like, sometimes, you know, you roll your eyes or, you know, the thing your dad says, this is the best advice. And this was wisdom right here. He, cause I was like going on about how it's a lose, lose situation. Mm. And he said, well, if it's lose, lose, do the thing that makes you happy. Huh. And I was like, oh, okay. That solves it. I knew which one instantly. I knew which one was going to make me happy. And so decision was made and I went on the tour. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Yay. that's, you know what? That's so true. I, it's so simple. You know, why not just do what makes right. you happy? And then something clicks in you of like, why am I not doing what makes me happy? What that's is stopping right. me? Right. Yeah. And you know, when if you can actually make a list and I'm not talking about 20 things, it could be just even just two things that are super practical and realistic of why it's not a good idea. You'll find that you'll actually make solutions to combat those things Mm -hmm. because a lot of the times when we're overthinking and we give ourselves reasons not to do something, when we give ourselves those reasons not to do something and we're overthinking it and it's, the list becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. A lot of the times those reasons not to do it are not real or yeah. they're things that easily have answers to them. I mean, you just didn't think about it because you're not looking for solutions right now. You're looking for a problem that's not there. That's absolutely the thing because when you're stuck in that, you get, so those lists that you're talking about, like the pro and con list, when you're stuck overthinking, 
you're going to be like, oh, there's not going to be that many pros because I'm stuck on these cons or whatever. And chances are you start writing them down and you're going to know the solution just by looking at the list. If you're honest, if you're like, oh, there's only a bad thing. That's not true. You have to spend some more time at it. But like if those lists can actually clarify the thing that you're stuck thinking about, because you'll see, oh, there are far more cons on this thing or there's far more pros on this thing. And there that will help you with the answer. Pros and cons list, man. They're not just cliches. They really work. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, when I was deciding if I should spend some of mine and Steve's savings going on a fringe tour, mm. there was only one con, which was you're spending your savings. <laughs> But, you know, there it is. There's one, right? Yeah. Yeah. There were way, way too many pros that were going with it. And I mean, again, that one con was just holding me back going, that's a big con though. But the thing is, is that Steve and I now have a best memories Mm -hmm. of going on a tour and we've got experience Mm -hmm. under our belts of producing and marketing and all of these wonderful things. Yeah, it came with a cost, no pun intended, but that cost was worth it. The risk was there, right? And we can't miss these opportunities because we're scared of risk. Do you know what else you have? The other thing that you have is the knowledge that the two of you can work well together under duress and in a stressful situation. And when things are up and down and all that sort of stuff, you know now that mm-hmm. you guys can work well together regardless of whether, you know, you're spending 24 hours a day together flogging a show and all of this sort of stuff. Like now you know that when that you guys can get through all of this stuff easily. Just to add to that, you know how they say if you want to test your relationship, you should build IKEA furniture together? Okay. I'm just going to give a testimony here to mine and my husband's relationship. Not only did we build an Ikea kitchen together, (laughs) but we did an hour long tech for a show and we rocked Mm -hmm. the shit out of it. There you go. So exactly. That's it. We, we have really built on our marriage here. (laughs) Speaking of Ikea, I have always said that a relationship test is to go shopping at Ikea. Oh, No, you go in with a game plan, friends. You go in knowing exactly what you're looking at, where you're going. Oh, Oh, I I know too much about Ikea. I have seen, I I think there are are couples that go into Ikea and they pass the Ikea test because when they walk out, (laughs) they're as happy as when they went in. That's right. And there are other couples that I've, I've seen while I'm shopping at Ikea who are miserably failing the Ikea test because usually what that looks like is there is a man pushing a cart, hunched at the shoulders while his, while his partner berates him for being either stupid or, or not having good taste or whatever. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this, see, this is, you are failing the Ikea test. Perhaps you should do this test early on, ladies and gentlemen. Just like early in a relationship, go to Ikea to shop together and see what happens. Absolutely. And go a few times, <laughs> not just once. Not just once and idealize things. Go take them with you if you need to go there for an errand. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not saying just go like go for no reason. Like go if you need furniture, go with your partner and get their feedback. And you will learn very quickly if you guys are 
are, oh, yeah. are, are compatible. You think we're joking, but we're not. <laughs> there are no jokes here. There are the 50-50 split in Ikea. You're either super miserable or you are having a grand old time with some Swedish meatballs. Which oh, is it? <laughs> that's absolutely correct. That's absolutely correct. So did we learn anything today? We learned that teenage Phil needs a big hug and teenage Phil did a, did his best. Okay. Teenage Phil did his best. He was just really dumb. That's and that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Post-secondary Jess was a bit of a slacker, but there that's okay. <laughs> I actually don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I think that, that, that the, the important thing to take from it, and the thing that if I think about the conversation that we've had, two things to think about are go easy on yourself. Number one, overthinking often means something. But go easy on yourself. And second, if there is a way, if you can find a way, if you take yourself away from the overthinking for a second, can you find a way to derail the tra- the thinking train that you're on and come up with some kind of workaround or solution? If you can derail that train, you'll come up with something that makes it a little easier to deal with. And suddenly it's not that big a deal. And third, the question is this true? As you were saying that, I think I did think of something. Overthinking is not a weakness. It is not something that makes you a somebody. It doesn't make you indecisive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you overly anxious. <clears throat> you you weaken the situation by validating every single thought. But when we use our overthinking as a means to start making productive decisions, Mm -hmm. you are allowing this to become a growing experience. And the more that you allow yourself to say yes, the more that you find that those overthinking moments start to dwindle because now Mm -hmm. you've given yourself the tools and the confidence to be able to say, yes, I can make that decision. 